Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in March and April, so you could smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Por Laranaga Monte Carlos, H. Upman Connoisseur No. 2, Monte Cristos Especialis No. 2, San Cristobal de la Habana El Principe, H. Upman Half Corona, and for our conversation with Cohiba Production Manager, Danilo Rodriguez-Portal, Cohiba Bihike 54. And for New Worlds, we've got Foundation the Tabernacle in Lancero, Padilla Candela in Robusto, Davidoff Late Hour in Robusto, Aging Room Quattro Nicaragua Sonata in Maestro, and the Davidoff Winston Churchill in Bellicoso, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards Podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Senator, and Bam Bam, and our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some non-alcoholic beer, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 93rd official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We review CAO history. We recap the Fuente and General lawsuit over the cigar. Rooster heads to Montreal, and Senator goes to the movies, all among a variety of other things for the next 90 minutes. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair both Peroni and Stella Artois 0.0 non-alcoholic beers with the CAO BX3 in Robusto. A Robusto tonight from CAO. It's called the BX3. It's a beautiful 52 ring gauge by 5-inch cigar. A lot of Brazilian tobacco in this, boys. Mm. And our first CAO on the pod tonight. It's a nice-looking cigar. Yeah. We've had a lot of listeners actually request CAO. Um, the Brasilia is very popular, as we know. We see a lot of people smoking that. Did they request this cigar? And this was one that a listener specifically requested was the BX3 Robusto. It's a must-do, then. Yeah. So... Uh, BX3 stands for Brasilia times three. Mm. So what's cool about this cigar is it has Brazilian tobacco in the wrapper is Brazilian, the binder's Brazilian, and the filler is a combination of Brazilian, Honduran, Mexican, and Nicaraguan. So it kind of has a little bit of everything. Mm, Interesting. That sounds more like B times (laughs) 2.1 maybe, 2.2. This is a potpourri. Not quite three. Is what this is. It's not a puro. (laughs) It's not a puro. It's not a puro, so it has a little bit of everything in the filler, but we'll see how it is. Let's cut this thing. Dark oily wrapper on this thing, though, yeah. boys. Yeah, the wrapper actually does look pretty nice. Mm. Yeah. Wide open. Mm. Flavor's fine. Yeah. On the cold draw. Pleasant draw. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know what I'm getting on as, as a note. I don't think I'm getting anything not much. that I want to call out. Classic kind of dried fruit that we Classic say on every New World draw. episode. I'm getting like <laughs> raisin and a little mustiness mm-hmm. on the cold draw. I can see the raisin. Liga 9-esque. See how it is. It has a very ornate band on it. Yeah, I don't like we'll it. talk about. Well, let's light this thing, boys. The CAO BX3 Robusto. Again, it's 52 ring gauge by 5 inches long. Looks like a well-constructed cigar. We'll mm-hmm. see. It's pretty heavy for the size. I mean, it's def- there's definitely a lot of tobacco yeah, in this thing. Yeah, and I actually am going to go out and make a prediction. I think we'll like the cigar. You think so? Yeah. I'm I'm liking that cold draw now Okay. as I think about it. 
So I've had these in my tower for, I don't know, six or eight weeks. Mm. Bam's ready to rate the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, let's get it over with. <laughs> to Gizmo's point about this being a heavy cigar, this took a while to light, my it God. It did. Wow. You need a New World lighter for the New World cigars. A single. <laughs> not all of them. That's true. It's nice on the light. It's interesting. It has like a like a weird um it's like, like a dark chocolate espresso thing. But it's very unique. I mean all the cold draw is getting like like you said, like dried fruit and mm-hmm. fig type thing, but True is accurate. on the light. Yeah, it's more it's dark espresso. Yeah, like very yeah. dark espresso. I think that's exactly right. Well, this is it has a very interesting flavor in, on the front of my palate, though. Quite a full-flavored cigar. Yeah, this is the most yeah. robust uh, cigar. CAO, that was the, the whole thing of uh, the BX3, was it's the Brasilia times three. It's just the, the most full cigar with Brazilian tobacco that they've made. Right. And that was the intention here. Are you getting great, any? Great smoke output. Yeah. Nice yeah. smoke output. Are you Absolutely. getting any ammonia at all? Like, no, like it's an I'm ultra not. young. Not so no? far. I'm not. Maybe I'm... Going a quick, tad quick on the draw here. There's a little bit of a interesting. Is it must? Is it? There's something it's, there that's it's very like different. Even on the cold draw, when I said there was a mustiness. There's like metallic. this weird. I get a metallic. Like I want to do that with my tongue. Like that I can't really kind of describe. Yeah. The aroma is nice. Yeah, it smells good at the burn line. Yes. It also smells good at the head of the cigar. Well, the wrapper smells great. Yeah, I mean, the more I draw on this, I'm getting a lot of just dark cocoa um, espresso notes, which I like. Yeah, like real dark black coffees, you know, rich. Yeah, like even just smell the aroma. Like I just yeah. got a whiff of like Bam smoke, and it literally, it's like I'm in a coffee shop right now. Yeah. It's not harsh at all, the smoke. No. The and I'm finding the flavor to be pretty smooth right mm-hmm. now on the light. Yeah. You know, I a mean, lot of these full flavored, but not full strength so far. That's yeah. true. But the flavor is full. Right. And I think a lot of the New World manufacturers, as we've discussed, they do this thing where they really want to punch you in the face on the light, and then the cigar just fizzles out, falls on its face mm-hmm. by the you know the the middle or the last third. But this is a nice opening so far. So two other cigars in this line. They have a Gordo, which is a six by sixty, and a Toro which is a 6x52. So I was going to get the Gordo. I know uh, Senator loves those, <laughs> the 6x60, but I decided to go double Gordo. <laughs> uh, I'll be, How about the double Toro? I'll be missing the next four episodes. <laughs> Jesus. He's going to be in the hospital. I just can't imagine. I mean, this, this honestly, I'm sorry. In strength, it's, I think this really leans toward full. It, uh, uh, I'm getting a, yeah. more strength the more I smoke this. Like and nicotine I'm, strength? Just both, yeah. Okay. Like this cigar, it's full in flavor. We agree on, but I do think there's a little bit of nicotine strength to this. I, it, it's making me smoke this slower yeah. than I normally would. Like my mind is telling me, just pace yourself. This is there's something more there. Yeah, and I think that nicotine will grow as we go through it. Yeah, yeah. especially as it gets hot. Oh yeah, I'm just surprised because the Brasilia is obviously like their their famous cigar, and uh, there's maybe one or two guys at our lounge here that I see smoking those routinely. I know they have them in the humidor. I haven't had a Brasilia since 
I mean, over 10 years ago, probably, I just remember they used to come in random samplers every now and then, or like you get free cigars with your order and I'd see a Brazilian there. And I can barely remember what the flavor profile was, but I do remember it being a bit robust, having a little mm. bit of strength. And I was saying that to this guy here who always smokes them. And he was telling me, he's like, no, I find them to be mild, medium at best. Really? So then I even looking up this just right before we recorded, a lot of people describe this as medium in strength. I think at least early on, there's there's more than medium strength here. I agree with you totally. I think, I think too, it, you know, as I said, just kind of feeling it, looking at it for how dense it is. The draw is great. Yes. It's just a touch of resistance for me. Mm-hmm. It's not like wide, wide open. It's just got a little bit. And it's burning wonderfully. Yep. V- made very well. I mean, it looks like it's made well. And this is a cigar that's under 10 bucks. I was going to ask really? you how much. Wow. Under 10. Under so, 10. you know, we have a lot of listeners say to us, hey, why don't you guys do more budget cigars? Why don't you do more cigars that are cheap? Mm. And I think we do quite actually quite yeah. a quite we, a bit of we, them. We, a we have them. more coming up. We, and we have more coming that's up true. too. But this is a good example of a cigar that you can find this in almost every humidor. Mm-hmm. I mean, this CAO is everywhere. You know, I've everywhere. never had a CAO before. Really? Ever. I thought you said you've had the Brasilia. I've never had that. Really? It's I've made very, a very conscious- high-end. I've made a yeah. conscious. <laughs> no, she don't smoke this crappy, shitty cigars. <laughs> no, no, I've tried to avoid them, honestly, not knowing anything about it. We're gonna start calling you Bougie Bam. No, Bougie Bam. You know that's it, not true. Well, th- this is the guy who said his first cigar he ever smoked was a Davidoff, a Davidoff Millennium. Millennium. That's, that's the, a good the point. Pyramid I mean, was my first cigar. That's insane. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Remember, I'm new to the hobby. When I started smoking you. cigars, I couldn't afford Ten, a Davidoff Millennium. Okay, so I was in college. Remember, my yeah. when my son was born, he was he's 16. So I've only been smoking cigars for. 16 years. 16 years ago, Brewster's I was 14. Been smoking for 47 years. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. How old do you think I am? Jeez. You're an exclusivo like 1920. <laughs> Every time he says that, he goes back another 20 years. I love it. For the listeners keeping count, next time it'll be 1900. You get a prize. That would make me 103 track. years old. <laughs> so CAO says the story of the Brazilian, I don't read, I don't want to read the whole thing, but the whole idea for BX3 was to take the success of the Brasilia line, as, as Senator was talking about, uh, to take the tobacco from that. And they said that they wanted to see how far they could take the flavor and how much, as they say, this is one of our call-out quotes, just like fruity decadence, exotic intensity. Oh, boy. Oh, look at they that. could pull out of the tobacco uh, while still delivering a balanced profile. Brazil, exotic intensity. It's well, a nice, it's pretty accurate. Are you right? sure he was talking about the cigar? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So yeah, I uh, so these cigars come in a really, really decadent box of twenty with a CAO logo on top, very colorful BX three, and then under that it says Brasilia times three. It's a nice box. Pretty cool box. Yeah. Yeah, very colorful. That box is worth 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well made too. I don't have it with us tonight, but nice. um, it's it's very, very well made. So I don't need to go through the list. I mean, these guys make a ton of cigars. Mm. The thing that's strange to me, I don't know of any other brand that uses Brazilian wrappers, tobacco, Brazilian anything. Yep. Yeah. I mean, am I? Is there are there others? I've I've never heard of any. I other. think yeah, this is the first a, one. A lot. I think Cao does a lot of Brazilian stuff. I think this is the first Brazilian tobacco we've done on the podcast. A, a listener could call us out, but I don't ever remember calling out Brazilian tobacco. I don't know if uh, does Abo use some Brazilian tobacco. 
Possibly. I don't know. Not, not that I've, I've ever seen. heard, yeah. honestly. I just say that because it's kind of surprising. I mean, obviously, there are a number of brands that will have like one kind of limited cigar where they'll do something funky and have tobacco from some like Costa Rica, somewhere that obviously makes tobacco, but is not predominant like mm-hmm. Dominican, Nicaragua, some of these other places. So you see that, but I'm just surprised that not only, it's not like they just do this in a limited capacity, like they've built their brand around Brazilian tobacco, which is just surprising to me because no one else really even tries to imitate that. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the wrapper, correct? All three. Well, ah, Everything. so All it's three. a puro. <laughs> well, that's why I said <laughs> right? it should be the Brazilian, 2. 1, Brazilian the 2. times 2.2. 2. Oh, boy. Because the filler has a combo uh, yeah, of four yeah, different You kinds. mentioned that yeah. earlier. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, What's interesting about this, you know, you just said uh, you called out how successful the Brasilia is because we see that a lot. Guess how many lines in CAO they have? Vitolas, you mean? Not Vitolas, just lines lines Mm. of cigars, including like the Brasilia, the BX3, the Flathead, which you guys have seen. I thought eight. 34. Oh, my God. Okay, I didn't know that. When I was looking at this before we came in today, I can't believe how many cigars these guys make. Who's buying it? I mean, you're talking a, a, a list of, and this is just. Look, there are a lot of gas stations out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, you're like, think about, they're just a small piece of general cigars. Amazing. And just inside CAO, they have 35, uh, 34 mm. lines. Wow. 35 lines. And they keep adding more. But like Senator said, I think this is a cigar you see pop up. You see CAO a lot in like the starter packs yeah. or like the, you know, trials mm-hmm. or when you, you buy something, you get something free. You're always getting a CAO in this, like the Flatheads, the Brasilias, the Americana, yeah. or the American uh, tobacco one, which I see a lot at retailers, which has like an American flag type design on it. Smell the aroma out of the foot right now. I'm getting a little bit of like a floral note just out of the smoke. Hmm. It's like it has changed from the beginning. Yeah, honestly, it's funny. I'm getting almond and walnut. Yeah. On the... Uh, on the smoke. On the drawer or on the smoke? On the smoke. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of, of kind of all of the above. Yeah, honestly, um, which is very surprising. That this is it's developing like an, more complexity than I would have yeah. expected. And on the retro, it's actually quite nice. I'm surprised. Yeah, this, cocoa and a lot of coffee on the retro hill. It's like an incense. <laughs> it, it, the intensity right? it does push. Yeah, yeah. it's it surprising. does kind of give you a especially in the nose. I think even when you're smelling the burn line of the foot, like you're mm-hmm. getting a very intense. Yeah, experience in the nose. I can't say that I'm not enjoying this right now. I kind of am, right? And yeah. the thing actually that I appreciate the most about it, this isn't like anything I've smoked before, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Like I, the fullness is like not as full as a Padron 90th, but it's like in that like a Liga. It, it's going for real full, intense, bold flavors. Yeah. Very, but smooth. the profile yeah. is pretty yeah. unique. It's very yeah. enjoyable. I mean, I must say, like, there's some forty dollars cigars that I've had that don't perform that, like this. That don't you know, yeah. perform just like this. And yeah. I would take this over those any day. Yeah, right now. It's true. Yeah. yeah. We're only an inch in. We'll see. I'm just happy that it didn't come out of the gate swinging. And, you know, like we're, we're what, at about a quarter of an inch, half an inch. Mm-hmm. Generally, we have that experience with a cigar, a New World cigar. And then by that half inch, one inch mark, it's, it's faces in the dirt. And I think that this is kind of building from the start. Try you know? the retro hell on I this will. thing. It is really good. Nutty, coffee. Oh, wow. It's really quite nice. Yeah, guys, push it through your nose. It's really nice. 
if you do really, that really kind nice. of thing. If I could do that intentionally. <laughs> you can't do that? No, it just, I, I can, but it just happens. <laughs> it's like so It's a bizarre. subliminal thing with Senator. <laughs> it's, it's like amazing. I'm just smoking a cigar. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. that was incredible. I'm in the same but, boat. I can't really direct Royal. See? Really? Yeah. I can't whistle. It's like either. Pavlov's yeah. dog. You know, just I things can't. happen. <laughs> I can't whistle. Senator uh, so, uh, Rooster goes, I can't whistle either. But it just happens when I walk down the like street. Of, <laughs> almost like a lot of people can whistle, but I can't. I can't whistle. Well, I think a whistle is a practice of the tongue, mm -hmm. the muscle control. But retro is this is simply closing your blowing. mouth and pushing the air out of no, the other set of holes. Out. It, yeah, it comes out of my not ears. Not everybody can do it. I, I think no. it's much easier I for can't. people who have smoked right. cigarettes before. If you've never actually inhaled a product. Like you do cigarettes, it's much harder. So I've, I'll give you this. I've never smoked cigarettes. I've never smoked cigarettes, and I've never smoked weed in my life. Weed once in my life. I've never inhaled anything Twice. intentionally, ever. Mm -mm. So that's that's an interesting point. Like I, I'm able to push it through my nose. It's hmm. You can't do it. So the tough thing about it is when I started to do that, because everyone told me you got a retro to get the actual profile and flavor notes of the cigar, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I would do the retro at the end of the draw. So as I pull it in, not at the beginning, but as I'm as I'm pu pushing the smoke out of my mouth, just capture a little bit, and I just you you just change your 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 exhale to your nose, and it comes right through. Can you can I actually see smoke coming out of your nose? Yeah, you should be able to. Let's see. Yeah. yeah, we're watching a demonstration of Bam retrohaling. Oh yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah, look at that. All look right, Gizmo, at you're next. End. You're next. You do it at the end of the of the exiting of the smoke. I didn't see it. I didn't see any smoke. Oh, I pushed it out. Yeah. Man. Was it too far? It was the was the do normal. Do it slowly. Do it slow. Try we, to make rings out of your nose. To... <laughs> <laughs> like a bull. Yeah, only one nostril, please. <laughs> Which one, Bam? First the left, then the right. Ah, okay. Stand by. Dealer's choice. It's coming out of your ears. <laughs> no. I think I got it. I got it. I saw it. I saw it. You can't make me laugh while I'm doing okay, it. Sorry. I do enjoy that part of cigar smoking, I have to admit. I, I, I and really when you like find, it. you know, what I like about it is yeah. it often, for a cigar that's maybe mediocre, like we've talked about so many times, mm -hmm. you have a cigar that's like not great. Sometimes that retrohale is actually what saves it from, yeah. you know, like as far as an experience, like yeah. gives you a little bit more than you're getting on the regular draw. Yeah. You know, or the regular exhale of the draw. I'll do it maybe four times per cigar. Yeah. Three or four times. Grinder like retrohales every, every, draw. every draw. That's a lot. That's a lot. So CAO has been around quite some time. Um, in 1968, the brand was founded by Jono Osgener, is his name, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, he was he grew up in Istanbul, Turkey. So that's a little bit of a different story what? than than we get. He's on, a Turk. He's a Turk. Interesting. On most of the uh, origin stories. That's not derogatory, by the no, way. No, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he is. And and it, wow. why I say that, why I think that's interesting, is you don't get those kind of stories in tobacco. Usually, it's Starting from a Spanish country like Cuba or, you know, uh, uh, Mexico mm. or Dominican Republic or Nicaragua. A Turkish guy in Tennessee. Yep. Turkish yeah, guy in Tennessee uh, started CAO Cigars. When and was it been around forever. And that was in 1968. Uh, okay. Um, they started uh, with, with pipe tobacco. Uh, he was a, you know, he, he liked to modify pipes and produce pipes and then tried to launch a brand in the 80s. It didn't go well. Uh, and then finally had success late 80s, early 90s, and, you know, I don't need to go through the whole story, but they were acquired by General Cigar in 2010, and the family left, and that's been the story of CAO since, is 
It's just an, uh, a very volume-heavy brand uh, for General Cigars. So he's not affiliated with CAO? None of the family is affiliated with CAO. He died about five years ago. He mm. died in 2018. His kids were involved since the late 90s. You know, uh, I found some articles from Cigar Aficionado where they were talking about CAO as a family business, a family affair. But it seems like they're one of the ones that actually survived and arguably thrived in the cigar boom, where so many of those brands in the 90s kind of came and went, you know, flash in the pan. Yeah. They survived on the volume side of it, mm. you know, producing their tobacco. And they're they produce tobacco from every region, every type of tobacco. Mex, every every type of tobacco you can think of, mm. it's in CAO's per- portfolio. And like we said, what Senator was saying, for Brazilian tobacco, these guys are certainly one of the high volume producers who put out right tobacco from Brazil. Was he was he a blender himself? I think he started, like I said, as a pipe to, pipe tobacco uh, guy. I guess he he got he found his footing there, um, and then they started to. Uh, they started to read up on how to manufacture cigars. I guess they f- thought that might be another successful segment of the business. He was thinking that, and he started to play with uh, manufacturing yeah, I mean, cigars. I mean, pipe tobacco is very cheap. Yeah. You know, you can buy a like a third of an ounce of pipe tobacco that's decent, and it's under like eight, nine bucks. Yep. And you can smoke that for a mm-hmm. long time, as opposed to a cigar that's like 10 bucks, $10. I mean, it's... Rooster, you've smoked uh, pipes, yeah? I use, uh, I do mostly in the wintertime. Really? Yeah. Even now? Yeah, in the winter, like occasionally, not like every oh, okay. day. I've never had a pipe. I haven't either. I'd like to try. So my father-in-law loves pipes, and he loves it because it's a smaller time commitment. Mm. So he's able to, instead of, even when you light a Robusto, you, you know, if hour. you smoke slow like Rooster, it might be two hours. For us, it might be 45 <laughs> minutes or an hour. And that's not a not knock. That's slow. just... That's just how you smoke, but my father-in-law is kind of in the rooster camp, so when he sits down to smoke a cigar, it's a time commitment, whereas right. the pipe, you can smoke for 15 minutes. Right. Well, the pipe, you have to keep this really two kinds of tobaccos. You have the aromatics and the non-aromatics, so when you smoke pipes, you really have to keep two different pipes, mm-hmm. ah. one for aromatics and one for non-aromatics. Interesting. And what yeah. is aromatic? Sorry, I'm- Aromatic is basically flavored. Non-aromatic ah, right. is non, like you know, your cherry and chocolate and all that stuff. And then the non-aromatics are like Virginia blend and Virginia tobacco and uh, gentleman's just, blend. Yeah, like Dunhill. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay. it's just there's no flavor. Got it. Yeah. So it's just it's kind of like smoking a cigar. Is it like smoking like an acid cigar, which is flavored versus no. a? So I've been around. I've been in rooms where you know a proprietor would walk around with his pipe. Honestly, the right flavored tobacco makes a room smell beautiful. Oh, it smells really beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It does. So it's really enjoyable. When you smoke a pipe, like when you smoke a cigar, you're getting the flavor when you draw in the, but on the pipe, it's more the external smoke that's coming out of the pipe that mm. you enjoy more than the actual Interesting. Puff. So you're not tasting as much of what you're not we're tasting smelling. as much as huh. what you, yeah. That's a good At thing. least to me. I mean, I, yeah. I could be totally off. I do think that pipe tobacco or smoking a pipe is less offensive to, to non-smokers yeah. around you. Well, the sure. aromatics. The yeah, aromatics. Because you have, yeah. you know, the flavors of cherry and chocolate and because they're flavored, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, you know, C- uh, CAO, he got some help from the Placencias. Uh, we we talked about that two weeks ago. We did the, uh, the uh, what was that called? Uh, the Alma oh, Fuerte. The Alma Fuerte. <laughs> the Alma Fuerte. 
Uh, we did the uh, the Salamonis, the Generation Five. The uh, Nestor's uh, Placencia was one of the guys who actually helped uh, Jono develop his cigars. That's cool. Helped CAO uh, in the '90s. So that was the story. Uh, they moved to the United States in 1995 and fully transitioned to the production of cigars. And that's kind of it. Other note yeah. I wanted to make too was CAO had partnerships. This is wild. Had partnerships with MLB, NHL, and the NBA Chicago Bulls in what? the late 90s. Official partnerships featured uh, at the sporting events. Now, we're sports enthusiasts. I don't remember any of that. Yeah, and it also shows you what a different time it was wow. 25 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. That would never happen. That would never you, happen. You now. weren't smoking cigars in 95. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> it's true. I guess they were smoking cigars in stadiums. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it was official partners of MLB All-Star Game, uh, NHL Hockey All-Star Game, and That's the NBA wild. Chicago Bulls. This was like the official cigar of the Chicago Interesting. Bulls. Which is just crazy to think, like, can you imagine that, like, Steph Curry, like, endorsing, like, Padron cigars <laughs> or something? Like, it would never happen today. No. It would never happen today. I'm surprised. I mean, the that's kind of during the yeah. boom, like, yeah. the early, early part of the boom. Yeah. Yeah, mid to late 90s. I mean, these yeah. were the days Michael Jordan was smoking cigars on the team bus on his way to games. That's right. Yeah, he'd go play 36 holes, drink, come back, shower, go in the locker room, smoke cigars, and then play a game. Love it. It's amazing. Incredible. The era of real men. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Didn't he do uh, Lusitanias? Wasn't that his cigar? He loved, yeah, Partagas right. Lusitanias. He uh -huh. loved Toyo Double Coronas is another mm -hmm. one he loves. He actually turned Alex Rodriguez onto those, I think. Really? Um, but yeah, he loves, uh, he loves Cuban cigars, especially Double Coronas. Nice. So, boys, this is really this, this is really pretty damn good. This is performing beautifully, very smooth, great flavor. Yeah, no rough edges at all. I keep thinking about the price point, and when you think about a cigar that's under ten dollars and it delivers this much enjoyment, yep, it's a home run. Oh yeah, and I'm finding that it's kind of flavor wise, like maybe I'm settling into it, mm -hmm. or it's just the way it's been blended. But I feel like it's kind of slowly taking steps forward. Which I think is the journey that I like in a cigar. The flavor profile, I'm thinking, this is a pretty unique flavor profile. It's not potpourri completely. It's not coffee. To me, it's a combination of the two, which makes it very different than any cigar I've had before. I agree. I mean, the thing I really like, it's just getting more and more complex as you smoke it, which you don't expect from any that's cigar right. at that price point. Definitely yeah. not. So that's a huge surprise. The other thing, at this price point, I expected when they talk about a bold cigar, mm -hmm. You've got to really age tobacco when you're going for bold flavors so that it doesn't kick you around and it's not harsh or aggressive or right. a nicotine bomb. And this is not harsh or aggressive no. at all. That's I'm a, really shocked. That's a good question. Does is there an age? Do they know? Do we know how many years they've aged their tobacco? I looked everywhere for it. <sighs> okay. There is no age statement anywhere about the tobacco in the cigar. Now there, I gotta imagine in the filler, at least in the Honduran. Dominican, Nicaraguan. I got to imagine it's at least you know a couple years. years yeah. I would think. Are you are you going to put young Nicaraguan tobacco in the middle of a cigar? I would think not. But I don't think any New World cigars are rolled that fresh. So okay, the tobacco is just aged a little bit longer than a Cuban cigar. So. Sure, any premium New World cigar. Yeah, yeah. This any, is performing that's like above eight ten dollars. They they have to age the tobacco. This is performing like that though for me. Yeah, it is. There's no doubt that this is aged. I mean. I'm okay. not getting any harsh. Yeah, something is happening on the 
on the front. On the tip of my tongue on that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. That it's kind of like a numbing. I don't yeah, know what that is. It, there is right? something weird there. I don't mm. know what it is. I'm not getting that. I was getting a, a, maybe I was smoking it too quickly, but a little bit of an ammonia earlier. That's gone. It's absolutely pleasurable. Very smooth. Very tasty. Yeah, this is great. It's shocking, actually. I read that they actually roll these in Nicaragua. Mm. Yes, I believe and that's true. I'm wondering, is that like most of CAO's lines, do they have them rolled in Nicaragua or what's the... I think that they're, that's where their major facilities are. Okay. They're a U.S. company, but like Padron, I think they manufacture mm. most of their stuff in Nicaragua. But, I mean, they've got to have – I don't know what the numbers are because it's General Cigars, so I think everything's kind of funneled into the story of General now. I don't know how much of their employees and, and how many people they have working on this, but for how many cigars they must produce, I mean, it's got to be – It's insane. Significant. You're probably talking five, 7,000 people. Oh, yeah. I mean, at least, right? I just can't get over it. Look at the ash on it. Look at Bams. Look Great. at mine. This is ridiculous this. at this price point. Yeah, for 10 bucks. I mean, perfect burn. It's performing like a Padron. It is. From the point of view of performance. Yeah, yeah the construction's right? excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Let's talk about the band, because this band <laughs> has quite a story right now. So first off, it's very ornate. Uh, it's a very colorful rainbow type of flag on it. It glows in the dark. It glows yeah, in the dark. It's, it's a little gaudy. For my taste. A little gaudy. A bit. Okay. Uh, so it has CAO, BX3, and a big X in the middle. The other thing I think is cool on the back of this two boys, which I've never seen on a cigar, oh, yeah. is there's a QR code. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I've actually started to see this on a number of cigars. Really? Mm. And I, I honestly, I don't love it. I think it takes away. Uh, for me, the problem, what is the purpose? What is the utility of having a QR code? <laughs> I, think I know the brand. I can go to their website. Do yep. I, am I going to scan this code just to go visit their website? I mean, it why, could be something just... special, guys. You don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Gizmo's going to try it. I can't get the. I can't get it out of the way of the smoke. I get two point five percent off on your next order. <laughs> two point one. Three point one. I mean, if there is some great utility to it, I'm all for it. But I've yet to experience anything useful out of this, and I just think <laughs> it looks tacky on the back of the label. What do you got, Giz? Does it scan? It's not scanning because I don't know if it's the smoke. Can you imagine the day if there are QR codes on Cuban cigars? Oh, please no. <laughs> none of them are going to work. Of, none of them are going to work. You just <laughs> yeah. go to the website and it's like, sorry, we're down. It would show a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not loading in my uh, with my camera here. Well, Rooster took the band off and straightened it. Let's yeah, see, see if you can get it on is a straight this, band, is this but it's user not working. Error, as you like to call we'll it, it, it could error. be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very well could be. Yeah, see, it's not. This is why these are a joke. It doesn't scan on mine either. No, doesn't. What's doesn't the not. purpose of this? I think the glossy surface is reflecting light back and it doesn't capture. I don't know. It ruined that whole segment. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it, it's made my point that I hate seeing these QR codes. I mean, really, what is the utility of them? I have to say, though, if we were, you know, we're drinking a beer with this, if we were drinking a spirit, the experience may be different. I like the beer with the cigar. So let's talk about it. So we've actually had a lot of listeners asking us to do more non-alcoholic pairings. Obviously, Rooster here yep. doesn't drink, so we can include Rooster on these ratings and more of these conversations. So it's nice. So we're actually going to have two non-alcoholic beers tonight. Yeah. So we're starting, boys, with the Peroni 0. 0.0. 0.0. Hey, Mambo. Mambo Italiano. <laughs> so I'll start by saying this is not great. Uh -uh. It's not bad. You know, I mean, initially there was zero flavor. 
There's still kind of no flavor, but it it grows on you a bit. But it's very bland. I love that. It started with no flavor, and there's now kind (laughs) Kind of of no no flavor. flavor. (laughs) It's really evolved. (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, this is not great. Nah, it's very light. Extraordinarily light. Mm. I mean, the funny thing is though, when I when we first poured this, and I had it, like Bam said, there was no flavor. But I also I just didn't get any. It didn't taste at all like Peroni to me. For some reason, as it has sat a bit, now it start, it's starting to taste more yeah. like the flavor that you get in Peroni. It's That's not right. as robust, but... As it warmed up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So when if, if you were having the alcoholic version of Peroni, mm-hmm. flavor-wise, is it... I've that, had a lot of this. Is it that much more robust than... So than, I had this in, in college when I lived in Italy. Okay. We, we lived on this shit. Really? Look at this guy. College, he's drinking Peroni. Say it. Bougie he Bam. starts with a Davidoff, his first cigar. This is all Bougie Bam. Bougie well, you Bam. Know, I was drinking Natty Light I haven't in ever had champagne or caviar until this podcast. <laughs> well, so what are we doing? I mean. What are we talking about? And beer? I was having that when I was a grown man, not in college. <laughs> <laughs> but keep going. Let's hear I, about I college. Do, Your no, maid and no, butlers no. and everyone else I, that took care of you. None of that. <laughs> I, do like, I do like this beer, the regular version of it. It's, there's a lot of nice wheat. Um, it's hoppy. It's, it's a nice, smooth lager. It's great. I have not had much of the regular one. I think this is an okay. It's okay. Non-alcoholic. I don't think there's... It, it's missing. I think we, you were talking about it, uh, Rooster. It's missing a bite. Well, we drink a lot of IPAs, yeah. like non-alcoholic IPAs, and they have that kick, that bite, and this doesn't. Um, I haven't had this before, so... I mean, it's okay. Not Probably not the best um, non-alcoholic beers out there, but yeah. it's, it's all right. Now, you've had the Stella that we're about to have too, right? I haven't had the Stella either. Oh, I, I have. Oh, you have. I'm actually excited to try the Stella because I, I, I actually really that like tastes more like Stella and has right? a bit more flavor. Interesting. Yeah, one of my favorite ones, like lately, is the Bex. I love the Bex. Mm. Does Bex it have more NA. flavor than this? We yeah. did that on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. We did the Bex NA. Bex Guinness Athletic Brewing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. that stuff's great. Yeah. So these two tonight are like the fifth or sixth uh, non-alcoholic yeah. beers we've done cool. on the pod. The thing that's weird about it, it just it drinks like a light beer, and it's not designed to be a light beer. No. I mean, lagers are light, but not not this light. Right. Huh. I don't like the Heineken Zero for some reason. Mm. I agree. That's my least favorite non-alcoholic beers. It really? has an aftertaste where it just tastes artificial. It like does not taste like real beer. Yeah, and I feel like they do the most amount of marketing. The Heineken Zero, even sure. like Formula One racing, it's oh yeah. I mean, there's it's just, true. There's They're yeah. commercials. A lot of money. So it's funny you say that. When I was in Singapore before the pandemic, so maybe 2019, actually, yeah, it was late 2019. I was there, and they were setting up. I just missed. Uh, there was a Formula One race in Singapore, and um, as I'm walking down the street, there are like Heineken Zero like reps, literally handing out free what I thought was beer at, at first in the streets and i'm like oh this is amazing i'll take a heineken and then i'm looking i'm like what does this mean heineken series like there's no alcohol i'm like no you can have it back (laughs) (laughs) i just handed it back to ken but they were just passing them out i mean by the hundreds in the streets to people so their marketing is very serious yeah they've been spending a lot of money on marketing Mm. well it's definitely a growing segment we've talked about that previously in the podcast there's it's you know you're seeing more of it in liquor stores you're seeing sections in liquor stores for na beer i know you had a struggle finding it tonight but Tonight, for some reason, I called like at least three different ones, and they had like two or three different ones, and that's rare. 
normally you would they would have like at least eight or ten, even a like a small liquor store. Like Total Wine has a lot. I mean, they have section of an aisle. It's like literally maybe about one third of the aisle is non-alcoholic beers. Yeah. Wow. And they're national. They're a national chain, right? Total Wine. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, great place to go. But the only problem is they don't sell cold non-alcoholic beers. That's interesting. Yeah. That they don't want to waste the fridge space on it in their eyes, I guess. Yeah. Like the, there's a liquor store near me, the, um, uh, what's that? Wine Traders. They have a couple of those in the area. Mm-hmm. And they have a full two doors of their, you know, refrigerated beer section dedicated to non-alcoholic beers. Nice. Yeah. What, wow. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but a lot of liquor stores now, they have a chiller. So you could take like a six pack of beer and dunk it in it, and then within five minutes, it brings it up to what? Really? Yeah. Where have you seen this? So I Edgewater. love this because yeah. when I lived in DC oh years God. ago, that's cool. My favorite wine shop there, um, uh, Calvert Woodley. For any DC listeners, they have a wine. They oh, for years they've had right. this, and it was like the only place I had ever been where you could buy if you want to buy like an obscure bottle of wine that's not going to be chilled if it's like a white or a rosé because it's not super popular, and you have to go somewhere and bring it to someone's house for a party or something like that, you just throw it in their chiller. I'd, I'd, I'd do it right when I walked in. I'd do the rest of my shopping. By the time I was done, I'd come back, pick it out. Wow. Yeah, it was That's amazing. To go. Within That's five to ten awesome. minutes. Yeah. And it's it's like cold water, right? It's not oh, ice. It's like No, really, but it's really very cold. cold. It would yeah. literally take five minutes, and it was yeah, perfect. It's fantastic. That's amazing. It is. So uh, we'll jump to the Stella in a minute. I want to go back to the cigar for a second and talk about this band uh, because this is actually a callback to an earlier episode. I don't know if you guys remember. We talked about this about a year ago. This is the cigar, and this is the band that Carlito Fuente, Arturo Fuente, sued General Cigar because of the X on this band because he has a trademark for his Opus X very successful line for Arturo Fuente, uh, and claims, I guess, that he owns X, the letter X as far as uh, cigars go, and putting it on on cigars. Still see an X. He he owns that alphabet. (laughs) He he owns the (laughs) alphabet, but he sued uh, General Cigars purely because of the release of the CAO BX3 band. And he lost because I'm looking at an X right now. It hasn't gone to court yet. It hasn't Uh, hasn't happened yet. So this is... Uh, I guess about a year ago, you know, his argument is that he's had this uh, X on cigars for for many, many years. He has a trademark on it. And he's trying to get this X banned from being on wow. the CAO cigars. Let's see how many taps it takes. Tra- okay, so Bam's knocking off his We're ash. doing a tap test. One, all right. One ash. I One think ash. it's more <laughs> of an issue for One tap. Uh, Opus to not have the X. CAO could... They could put an O on it for you know for it matters. I sure, it doesn't really matter. It's true. Who cares about the X? You mm-hmm. put a big B on it for Brazil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. I, I understand Fuente and and just anyone that works for and represents the brand being very concerned about the X not being, uh, not taking advantage of the brand equity that they built with that. But I, I mean, I'm pulling up like an Opus X label exactly. on my phone. That's yeah, nothing like and it. And this, and there, there really is nothing in no. common. And I mean, and are, do you ever say to someone, "Oh, what are you smoking? An X?" 
It's like, no, you say, oh, is that an opus? Right. You don't even, sometimes I don't even say the X. You just say, is that an opus? But it is in the name. It's called the Opus X. You know, this is not the C-A-O-X. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. the Opus X. So you relate the X to Opus. Sure. Yeah. And to your point, exactly. It's a line within the C-A-O brand. Yeah. It's not actually part of the brand. It's one of 36 so they're lines. They're not trying they to like co-opt the brand. It's just, what is so I'm funny? just thinking they could put a bikini top on the brand. The thing about this for me, and I guess this is part of General Cigar's argument too, is nobody's going to look at this cigar and say, oh, that's an Opus X. You no. know, nobody is going to confuse this not at all. for an Arturo Fuente product. You know, because you're looking for the ornateness of... Yeah, I think we're, they'd have a more legitimate claim if CAO, for some reason, didn't put CAO on the band, and it, it just said that X mm-hmm. and BX3, then sure, people would see that and say, like, huh, is that an opus? Who makes that? Right. But they're very transparent. It says right at the top, CAO. I mean, if anything, this is like rainbow colors on the band. Yeah. And it could be like an LGBTQ... It could be. It could be anything. That's true. It, it really could. You know, yeah. and the X for, on this thing is just two slash lines, right? The opus is, like you said, very ornate. Yeah. Deliberately designed. It's yeah. like night and day. And you're also talking, this is a $10 cigar, and what opus is less than 30 or 40 None. You know, yeah. that's... I, I have to suspect that that lawsuit is just a warning shot to anybody not to try yeah. to get too close to or imitate the actual opus logo. Yeah. So the other thing that uh, so the other argument the general has was that they already use an X on a bunch of their cigars, including the CX two, the CAO Extreme, and others. CX two, we're going to have to review that. Oh yeah, yeah, we have to do that. And then uh, General also put out that they were disappointed uh, in this baseless argument from Arturo Fuente because, given the legislative and legal hurdles facing the premium cigar category, you know, and products today from the FDA and, and, you know, the United States government trying to regu- over-regulate cigars, like we've talked about so many times, um, that this is just a complete distraction and a waste of resources, you know, for everybody. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how that ends up. That's about a year now that that's kind of been sitting around. But, um, yeah, General's trying to get a, a attorney's fees and everything else. Sure. So we'll see what happens. See what happens. This might rate better than the Opus X we did on the pod. I think it will. Everybody talks about the Angel Share yeah. Opus. Awful. <laughs> Sounds like a, right? gimmick. It's I, a gimmick. I'm sorry, I've had it. It's <laughs> awful. Really? It's awful. So I've not had it. When we were at our at a former lounge of ours, they had it, and I bought it. Awful. Really? And then I, one of our friends here who's a member, who's a big Opus guy, um, also big Las H- Calaveras. HF. <laughs> Also a big Las Calaveras guy. HF. Uh, <laughs> he gave me a heavily aged angel share that he kept for years. That was better. But again, this is my problem with Opus. Like, If you're going to pay a premium price for a New World cigar, it should be aged. It shouldn't need age. Yeah, you know? should be I mean, able to we're smoke smoking that a now. $8 cigar that we have no idea how long it's been aged, but by the taste, we know this is aged tobacco. Yeah. And that angel share, it tastes young and fresh and muddled. Not a cigar I enjoyed. We should put an opus band on this and give it to him. <laughs> yeah, see what he thinks. <laughs> I got to say, I mean, for for $10, this cigar is way outperforming. It's, it's really price. performing well. 
I agree. It's kind if you of told me this was double the price, I would easily believe it. I'm just surprised how smooth it is halfway through the cigar. Me too. Yeah. It's it's just sustaining that smooth experience. I mean, I it's hard to tell, but if you take this, you get a box of this and let it sit for like five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what does it turn into? Yeah, it's a good question. Tell us again how long you've had these in your tower. These have been in my tower for six to eight weeks. This line Ooh, only came okay. out a year ago. So these are properly seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've been, you know, they've been in probably at 65, nice. 66. Okay. Going on six or eight weeks now. You know, hmm. so you know, sitting alongside my padrones and other stuff. So, oh, that's what it is. Yeah, osmosis, <laughs> just marinating in those yeah. padrones. It's not the CAO; it's the marination. <laughs> it's ne- sitting next to the eight caps of Lucy's. Yeah, that's exactly right. It definitely marinates there, baby. So, uh, let's get the Stella going. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm gonna chug the rest of my. Uh, Peroni zero. Hey, Hopefully, it doesn't hit me too hey, hard. Take later. it easy over there. There's only four of us. We need we need you get on your game. You'll drive me home, right? I will. All right. <laughs> so will your car, but that's true. That too. This is premium NA. Premium <laughs> NA, boy. So 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 Garcon is popping all of our bottles as he brought a bottle opener. Very prepared. Very kind. So just like normal Stella, the non-alcoholic Stella also has a bottle cap. This is called the. Liberté, Liberté, 0.0 from Stella Artois. I'm a big Stella fan. I really like their normal offering of beer. I do too. Like I, when I'm at a bar or at a restaurant or something, I'm often ordering Stella. They make really cool glasses. They do. I love their glasses. Oh, the chalice, that's the best. But that's the Belgian influence. You have to love that. I mean, I, I told you when I visited Brussels, it's like every beer there has a special glass that these bars stock. It's mm. insane. That's great dedication That's so to, the, cool. to the craft. Oh, yeah. Stemware matters, as we've established. Yeah. Some of the best beer I've had was in Germany. And don't don't laugh, the country of Georgia. Really? Incredible beer there. Really? Georgian, Georgian beer? Georgia. Georgian beer. Tell but, us about it. What, what, it was what, very IPA-esque. It's very hoppy, delicious, smooth a little fruity, so you can take four or five down. A lot of alcohol content, but delicious. You know what beer I love? I think we talked about it the other day. I, I when I, when we were in Cuba, they have that cristal. It's called oh, dude, the green bottle. I don't want anything else when I'm in Cuba. That was our rum water substitute and cristal. I yeah. saw a guy this morning. I don't know if you saw this on one of our groups that we're a member of. Post a photo uh, in Cuba, and he said breakfast. <laughs> and he had a ras and nice. a cristal that he had the he had like the bottle and then it was like poured in a nice glass and I was like salivating looking at this photo. <laughs> That's this jealousy. That's that a guy is. from Canada, I think. Right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. He always posts a picture of he's getting his uh, he's getting a pedicure. And he goes, "It's what? it's you know what time it is." Like he gets one every time he goes to Cuba. Wow. You notice that. See That's that? one thing I've never thought of when I land in Cuba is I, where can yeah, no. I get my toes done? <laughs> nope. No, he can't. Yeah. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think of the Stella 0.0? Liberté. It's a little bit better. Didn't yeah, this is definitely it. better than I the Peroni. A little bit. It'll get better as it cool, uh, you know, warms a bit, I think. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it's nice. Again, it doesn't have the bite that the normal no. Stella does. And the Which col- doesn't have a lot of bite. And but- this beer is a bit darker than the Peroni. Yeah. yeah. 
pretty good though. I think this is definitely pairing better with the cigar. What I love about the non-alcoholic beers is how refreshing and easy they are to drink. Yeah, and they don't sit in your stomach no. the same way. No. You know, when you have a few beers, you kind of feel that bloat. Yep. But yep. it doesn't happen with these. We didn't do the Brooklyn Lager. No. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one that I gotta gotta find the right one. Yeah, Brooklyn makes good beer. They do. Their summer ale is off the charts. And their IPA is excellent. Yeah, this is definitely working better with the BX3 for me. Yeah. I mean, this is tough because honestly, I, I mean, I, Bam said he liked the pairing. For me, this cigar is so robust. I would love a spirit with this. Really? I like that it cleanses my palate with each sip. You know? You know what I would love with this is rum. Oh, yeah. I would love rum with this. Okay. I think I think rum would pair very well with the cigar. Hmm. But I'm enjoying the DNA. And yeah. I, you know what I like about the NA too is that tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel like a million bucks. Exactly right. You know? Unless you have a rum chaser later. Which I'm not <laughs> planning to do. <laughs> so, boys, we're about halfway here on the uh, CAO BX3. What are you guys thinking? No issues at all. Yeah, I'm very None. happy. I'm pleasantly yeah. surprised. Absolutely. Same. Would you say this performed better than your memory of the Brasilia that you had did? The problem is, honestly, I don't really remember the Brasilia very much. That's why I do want to review it at some point, just because a zillion people mm -hmm. smoke it, and um, I don't really remember. I just remember it having some strength. That's really, I can't recall the flavor profile, but if it's anything like this, I mean, I'd be very happy. Yeah. This is great. This cigar has a very unique aroma from the foot that you don't get from most cigars yeah there's definitely something there from it's, the brazilian yeah, tobacco it's like a it, i don't know, like a scented floral not yeah. floral but like kind of like a weird like a scent like perfume it's weird uh, i get that potpourri that yeah and the coffee combo which right it's strange I, I feel like there's an element you know when you're you, you're grinding coffee at home and you brew it right away mm -hmm. if you grind it yourself and you brew it, it that aroma that comes off the machine it's while the it's best. brewing the There's a hint of that in the aroma coming off the foot here, mm. which I really like. You know, there's definitely a heavy coffee thing going on here. We always like cigars that are kind of have like those chocolate, sure, coffee, espresso, yeah, dark chocolate notes. Yeah, this definitely has it. Yeah, this checks yeah. all those boxes. Yeah, yeah. for ten bucks, crazy. So, boys, it's a uh, big summer at the movies. Mm. And I'm a movie guy. I haven't, like, I actually haven't seen any movies. You know, you, you guys know I've been pretty consumed outside of yep. uh, outside of work and other things um, over the last few months. So I actually haven't seen many movies. But I know Senator went to the movies this weekend. Oh, yeah. Which I was surprised to hear. <laughs> so I wanted to hear, what, what was your review of Oppenheimer? <laughs> so i'll have you know that's on deck for this weekend ah, yeah i'd like I'm, to go I'm see, that. see it tomorrow oh okay you? there yeah. you go it looks great so, yeah. so did, how how but. big was the the bomb when they dropped it <laughs> the the bomb was filled with pepto-bismol <laughs> no and you know the entire country they dropped it on turned pink wow <laughs> that was what it, he went to and see the brownie point movies yes he did brownie. so i'm being facetious our, our friend senator to the listeners dismay we need all of our listeners to sit down right now he's our, the last person i would think he went that's to see. What, <laughs> dude that's why i'm setting oh, it up my. like this senator went to see barbie Look, when it's oscar season <laughs> senator <laughs> sees barbie when, when it's oscar season 
I'm going to be nominated for husband of the year. That's right. All right. And my acting award-winning was husband. Excellent during it. But uh, yeah, my wife wanted to see this Barbie movie, which uh, is exploding. I mean, it's insane. It's like yeah. breaking records for it's like opening weekend. Yeah, it did huge numbers. Um, they're making crazy money on this movie. But um, she was very clever in that she said, "Can we please see the Barbie movie? Your favorite Margot Robbie is in it." I mean, I mean how am she's I not wrong. Say, how am I going to say no to a Margot Robbie movie? So obviously, I said, "Okay, I'm in." Um, what I did not know also going in, and I was so pleasantly surprised during the movie, Will Ferrell's in it, and he plays the CEO of Mattel that made Barbie, the company that uh, came up with it, and he's hysterical, like as good as he's ever been, just perfect for the role. Uh, so it, it's actually, it has several funny moments. I was pleasantly surprised. It's watchable. I expected to sit there bored out of my mind. I also thought it was going to be this like crazy feminist diatribe it's not. <laughs> it's very reasonable, tolerable. Um, so yeah, it's actually not bad. So if your wife tries to drag you into it, earn the points and just go. It's yeah. it's really not that bad a movie. Earn the points, Giz. I'm good. <laughs> You're going to turn down 120 minutes of Margot Robbie on screen, front and center. Sounds like a colossal mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It is an interesting phenomenon with the with the like the internet's been taken by this this yeah. whole thing, and then obviously the success of the movie mm. was a surprise to me. I'm surprised it whooped Oppenheimer like big time. Oh, yeah, wiped the floor as with far it. as numbers. And Christopher wow. Nolan movies usually do very very well, and it did, but comparatively, Barbie wiped the floor with it. Also, I, I mean, Mission Impossible just yeah, came out. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. got crushed. Jones movie just came out yep. as well. Yeah, unreal. They got yeah. they both got crushed. Wow. I mean, it, it's just nuts. Like the fact that, I mean, one that I even, I honestly, my wife and I haven't been to a theater to see a movie probably like two years. Mm-hmm. And that's what surprised me when you said you were going. Yeah. And I'm like, I seriously thought you were going to see Oppenheimer. And no, then, I mean, that was part of the deal. That's what we're going to see next. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was like very shocked. But, you know, I said, okay, fine. I'll be supportive. I'll go. But in the theater, you expect to be the only guy there. At worst case, 40%, it looked like 50% of the theater, there were men, like with their spouses or girlfriends or whatever. And then it was funny because before I went to the movie, Puba sends a a photo and a text on our group chat. His dad in Florida uh, got dragged to see it with his wife. And his dad, now look, I showed up in what I normally wear. Puba's dad is in a photo wearing like a pink shirt in like a Barbie photo booth at the theater. I was dying laughing. I was like, thank God my wife didn't make me do this. With a Ken wig? <laughs> yeah, they, you know, I got to give them credit too. The marketing on this film was, yeah, has been charts. It's incredible. It's not a Disney, right? It's not a Disney it's not product. A Disney movie. No, I think it's actually a Mattel thing. You know, I don't know what, what, uh, what company produced the film, but... Mm-hmm. I think Mattel has a significant ownership in the, the intellectual the th- property. Of the it. thing I do appreciate, I mean, one, when this came out, I thought this was like a movie for little kids, basically, but it's more geared toward adults. Yep. And um, the thing I do appreciate, given Mattel had clearly a role and influence with this movie, they're very self-deprecating and like own the criticism of like all the flaws of Barbie and how it like fucked up some like young girls into thinking like, this is the way every single girl needs to look. They completely own that in the movie. So I I was actually kind of surprised that they didn't really sugarcoat anything. But you know, to their credit, I mean, they've done a lot of work to create other types of Barbie. That's true. Of different type of skin color and and different type of hair. And, you know, they really have tried to 
kind of be more inclusive of all little girls out there, Smart. I guess, that are Which into Barbie. They reinforce in the movie. And honestly, I at first when I started seeing the characters on screen, I was like, okay, this is kind of a, a woke film of like diversity for diversity's sake. I will give them credit. There's insane diversity in this movie, but every actor, actress played their part perfectly. Like it, it all made sense, which was very refreshing because I was worried at first that this was just checking a bunch of boxes and half these people were not really fit for the roles, mm. but everybody was actually very good. That's great. So what would you have rated the movie? Oh, so my wife asked me this after. She gave it a nine. She loved it, as every woman loves that movie. Um, honestly, because it exceeded expectations, I'll give it a seven. Seven. Okay. I went in thinking for sure at best it'd be a five or a six, but wow. the Will Ferrell scenes, I audibly laughed several times in the theater. I mean, he is so good in this role. I, just that alone, if you don't even see it, just look up eventually when they have clips of him. It's hysterical. But it, it, it honestly, it's really not a bad movie. Hmm. Love Will Ferrell. Yeah, he's great, Love man. Oscar worthy. All right, let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Mar no, I will also say this Margot Robbie. I thought they just cast her because obviously she's stunningly beautiful. Like, yep. sure, she, she has can that play look. Barbie. Yeah. And I think she's a very good actress, but I don't ever regard her as like one of the greatest like women actresses of all time. I, I don't hold her in that category. But I will say in that movie, especially the whole movie's about her, she was excellent. Like, mm -hmm. she really, really did that role justice. Was How was Ryan Gosling? So I was talking to my wife about this. I'm not a big Ryan Gosling fan. Uh, there's... Uh, very most of what he's done, I don't think is anything that impressive. In this movie, he was perfect for it because it's just like a dumb guy needs to play that role, and I think he fits that very well. <laughs> oh boy! So I mean, it's just you know, he, anyone could have played it. Just any like dumb guy with like a blonde wig or something, you know, or blonde hair could have played it. So he didn't hurt the movie. He didn't help the movie. He was just there. Okay, he was just there. All right. So there you go, boys. Senator goes to the movies. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> that like as far as surprising things that you could put on a bingo card that I never thought would hit would be Senator giving giving us a review of the Barbie movie. You need to. Update <laughs> I'll just say the, this. Uh, lizard game. I'll just game. say this. <laughs> you do. go with your wives. All right. Earn the points, and you're gonna sit there and say, "I'm actually this was not bad at all." Okay. And trust me, 120 minutes of Margaret Robbie, you're not gonna. Yeah, that's not terrible. No, it's not. Yeah, I like her and everything she's done. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Ryan Gosling? Uh, uh, the movie got an Oscar. It was a musical. La La Land. La La Land. Mm -hmm. My wife loves La La Land. Mm. She hate, always I has that on. I, I, I don't, I don't love the film. That. I don't like musicals. Yeah, me, me neither. neither. That, well. That's so sorry. Like Barbie, I could do because Margot Robbie, but I'm not sitting through a fucking musical. That's not going to yeah. happen. I'm Mrs. Not. Giz, she likes it because she's a dancer yeah, by trade. Exactly. Right. And she loves yeah. musical theater. Yeah. 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 And every woman loved La La Land. But, but I'm saying for us, that's not inter interesting no. to me. But that was a movie. I don't know. Here's a good question for you because Oppenheimer, obviously is one that I want to see on a very big screen. Can't wait to see that. I didn't feel like that about La La Land. We watched it on the couch, whatever. Watched pieces of it. I was on my phone. She loved it. Yeah. Barbie, do you think that's one you need to see in the theater like that? I think Bam needs to see in the theater, actually. Uh, do I? Okay. <laughs> I mean, and we want a full review. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a part two to this. That's a no. <laughs> so Oppenheimer, something unique about that movie, there's, it's, there's no CGI. No CGI. And no. it's filmed with some special cameras. Well, it was filmed with the IMAX cameras on actual Kodak film. So it should be washed in like an IMAX 
Well, yeah, the problem is, is he filmed it in this what's called 70 millimeter right. IMAX, which I think there's only 11 or 12 of those screens in the country. Wow. So to get that theater, I think we'd have to go to New York City. You have to go to a big metro area usually. Why uh, do that in the first place? No, I, don't know. Know. I don't know. You can't watch it in Wayne. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to see it at a normal IMAX or a, a big screen. There let's, is a little let's bit. Let's just of, all go in and build ourselves uh, an IMAX theater. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be great. Where you can smoke cigars. Yeah. yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're Food, talking. cigars, movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I do want to see Oppenheimer, though. I'm, I oh, wish yeah. that I've seen it already. but Because I, I just love his films, man. I love oh, Christopher awesome. Nolan films. Like, Interstellar is probably one of my favorite films ever. That oh, is yeah, an incredible actually, movie. Sorry, you mentioned Nolan. So, like, obviously, he did The Dark Knight yep. uh, for a while. The trilogy, yep. And... um I, I couldn't believe reading this. Apparently, the Monday that uh, that weekend through Monday that Barbie opened, the record was held by Dark Knight and Barbie beat it. Wow. That's insane. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. It's incredible. And like you said, Rooster, movies like Indiana Jones, storied franchise, Mission Impossible, all those movies are very good. Yeah. Both of those kind of flopped. Yeah. Yeah. Odd. So there you have it, boys. Full review. Thank you, Senator. My wife also told me that apparently they were considering casting uh, Amy Schumer as what? Barbie. Oh, boy. Jeez. I told my wife there is no chance in hell I would have sat through that movie if Amy no. Schumer was the star. <laughs> I agree. And it would have flopped. I mean, who? no guy is going to agree to see that with their wife. <laughs> no. The only reason any guy was sitting in that theater was Margot Robbie. Exactly I mean, let's be right. real. Yeah. <laughs> They know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. she knows what she's doing. She produced the movie and basically cast herself as Barbie. Is that Is true? That right? Yeah. Oh, Margot Robbie that. produced the movie. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. That's quite the payday for her. Yeah. She's going to do well. Fantastic. So not only is she a good actress, yeah. she smart business feet, feet, and she can produce. <laughs> she's got it all. <laughs> she's a whole got package. All. <laughs> we, we should have her as a guest on the pod. Please. <laughs> Please. Make that happen <laughs> with your powers, Giz. <laughs> Use your powers. We, we've already had guests from Australia. That's true. She's Australian. This is yeah. true. Yeah, I'll call. Bro, I'll call Rob from. Uh, she was yeah, great. Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. Great in that movie. Yeah, that was a great film. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. What else was she in? She's in a movie called Amsterdam. Yeah, it's a period piece. It's on HBO now. Nice, funny, interesting, quirky little movie. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. And um, don't forget that other character that she plays. Oh, yeah. She plays uh, uh, in the uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, uh, And they. Begins with an H. She carries like a bat. Hallie, Haley. uh, I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah. There's listeners screaming. Harley. Harley Harley Quinn. That's it. Harley Harley Quinn. And they spun off a film for her just on her own. Did she? From that, I think. Did that come out? A while ago, I think. Hmm. I don't remember. I didn't like her in that. I didn't watch the whole thing. So are you guys impressed with my. Well, yeah, look How at Rooster. Fast I'm smoking. Wow. Yes. Rooster's loving Rooster's the cigar. Keeping up. Yeah. Keeping up. Yeah. yeah. So, keep... boys, we're in the last third here. Rooster has joined us in the last third. Yes, well, sir. You give him two non alcoholic beers and look what happens. He's going to be slurring his words soon. <laughs> Got to teach you to retrohale next. <laughs> <laughs> this is really damn good, man. It's, it's awesome. I got to say, for a $10 cigar, this might be one of the ones that has surprised me. This, yeah. is, this is a top five surprise for me right now. Now, if you, if you had a party and you gave this out to guests, you know it's a good cigar, but what is the general perception of this cigar out in the world? Do people I think it's take too it seriously? New. Do they 
not look at it as a serious cigar? Is it like a novelty type of a cigar? I don't see. Here's what I'll say. The whole market in general I'm asking about. I yeah, don't see a CAO. lot of people people yeah, smoking CAO itself. in a lounge. Aside from sometimes there's a couple guys that smoke the Brasilia. Mm. I don't see it in lounges. Neither I, do I. But that's a very micro view of the yeah. cigar community. I don't know what people are smoking. Mm-hmm. What are people walking into J&R or, or, or Total Wine, let's say, and just walking into the humidor and buying cigars? Are they buying these and smoking them on their deck or the golf course? I don't know, but clearly they must be doing something right sure. with the amount of volume they're doing. I would hand this cigar without the band. Yeah, see, and there's a reason and for see, that, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Because what if you give me a CAO, I already have like a pre-notion that this is yeah this is like yeah. I have I have like a picture in my head that this is what it's gonna smoke like right and it's nothing like it no yeah. well I think the other thing that CAO loses on me is I don't feel my perception of their brand kind of like Ashton prior to smoking the VSG mm-hmm. and understanding a little bit more about their line. CAO doesn't have that kind of good, better, best thing that you think about a Davidoff or a Padron. Padron has the 1000 series, which is in this price range. Then then they have the 64 and 26 line, which are the next step up. Then they have Family Reserve and beyond that with the uh, with the hammer that we're doing in a couple weeks for our, our 100th episode. But this brand, I don't feel like they have those steps of quality that you can kind of see the the differences yeah. in the three cigar, the three types of cigars they sell. Everything they sell is really budget friendly, which is fine. Obviously, we're we're seeing that tonight, but I've not seen anything that calls out from a CAO, hey, this is a really high value, yeah. high dollar cigar. Well, I yeah. think they need to go through a rebranding, honestly. If their cigars if they all perform like this and they're I don't this think good, they all do. I don't know. You know. I don't know. But the band on this is a little hokey. I yeah, I like it. I don't mind yeah. it. It's I think okay. something simple would be better. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say I think Gizmo's point's a really good one that they're all there is no there's no premium version of nope. a CAO cigar. They're yeah. all just kind of sitting at the same very accessible place. And I, I my perception always with CAO has been like this is a beginner cigar. Yep. Because the only time I would see it was in like some sampler pack or some free, you know, freebies that you get from a cigar, yeah. uh, a retailer that you order from. So I've never taken the brand seriously at all, honestly, because of that. But this cigar does not smoke anything like no. a beginner. Like I, I, in fact, I would not give this cigar I agree. to a beginner who doesn't actually smoke many cigars at all because this is a full premium mm-hmm. experience that they would not be able to handle or appreciate. A beginner on a light stomach having some alcohol with it at a party or something that could hit them. nibbling on yeah. on hors d'oeuvres or something not having not having a meal i think this might borderline knock them on their ass maybe yeah, yeah. but the smoothness is a little deceptive the smoothness helps but the nicotine yeah. is going to get but you. it's still it a robust yeah. it is cigar, robust which is intentional not, in the blend yeah. you know this is they're that's trying what makes to do it great, brasilia times three yeah. you know that's what they're trying to go for not just in the 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 makeup of the cigar but also the intensity and That's it's hard to for. do that. I mean, we think of so many cigars, like we've talked about Tatuaje plenty of times. And like my big frustration, I honestly, I'm, I'm at this point, outside of that little Petit Casadores, I just don't like the brand. Agreed. And the reason is they claim they go for these, you know, fuller flavored cigars. And with all of them, you get maybe an inch that is somewhat full and the rest just fizzles out. And it's like, it's like a pepper at best. 
and is nothing really interesting or exciting. So it's hard to deliver robust, complex flavor all the way through a cigar. How they're doing this at $10 is unheard of. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. very few cigars are able to do this. They did this, and Tatawahi can't do this. They just can't yeah. do it. Yeah, They could easily sell this cigar with a little better band on this and sell it for 20 That's okay. For a so bit more. That's yeah, so that's, funny. That's, that's, and agree. that's why I mean, they need to go through a rebranding, would, in my opinion. Yeah. I think BAM's 100% right I, about I that. I think exactly. I was just going to say what Rooster said. If I'm CAO, you're tasting this cigar as it's coming off the line. It's obviously performing great. Why not introduce this as a next tier of the Brasilia line, like oh. a Padron might do with more aged tobacco, more Brazilian tobacco, however yeah. you want to market it, and elevate your brand and attract smokers who want to be in that, let's say, 13 to $18 range, or even 20 like Rooster 20, said. I think, yeah. That's a that's category, a, right? That's a category. It's a step above. It's a step up from that you know, call it sub 10 or 10-ish cigar right now. See, that's a, that's exciting, the potential right. of that idea. I think it's settled. We're starting a cigar marketing company. <laughs> yeah. I'm deadly serious. They really should hire I'm us I'm not as even kidding. I mean, this, I, this is my history. Like, oh, yeah. We're doing it. Dude, I think it's a home run. Yeah, and I, you know, if you're, I don't understand why they wouldn't have done that. Why introduce this at know. a near price point to the Brasilia line? Yeah. When you're trying to get so much more out of it, you're certainly going for a more experienced smoker. Like, why not price it and market it that way? Yeah, and I just think, like, you know, like any product, the consumer wants to be taken on a journey. Like, Padron and Davidoff, what they do so well, it's so satisfying when you start smoking those cigars that you maybe start with a 1,000 series or a 64 cigar, and then you know there are all these other things that cost a little bit more, and you're wondering why, and you want to see what kind of flavor it delivers, and same with Davidoff, and, and even other more accessibly priced cigars have things that are a step up that you can kind of work your way through their line. I think it's disappointing when you don't have that experience. Like even cigars that we've tried randomly, like Warped, you know, we we yeah. found a Warped cigar that the we Maestro liked. Del Tiempo. With that cigar, and our friend Henry uh, had clued me into this, there's a version of mm -hmm. that Maestro Del Tiempo that is made exclusively with Medio Tiempo leaf, which is crazy. Like uh, I mean, like some of the Cohiba stuff. Cohiba. Right. I mean, it's case. like right. so few cigars ever are made like that. Yeah. And it costs more. He's had it. I am pretty sure he gave me one once. It's it was, a bigger ring gauge, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Not it's huge. Slightly, it's, like, yeah. it's almost like a Mag 46, like a 46 ring gauge or 48 48 or something. 48 probably. Yeah. But like that was an excellent cigar, and I was willing to take that journey because I I started with what was an incredibly accessibly priced cigar. I mean that Maestro Del Tiempo, it's sub ten, right? Oh. It's like seven dollars. Yeah, eight I bucks think it was most. eight or nine bucks. Wow. Yeah, and so it's like I started there, and then okay, I'm willing to then take the leap to their more right. premium version, and that mm -hmm. was great too. I just think there's a lot of utility in that. Yeah, I, I mean a brand that kind of comes to mind is I mean I don't really haven't really tried a lot of his cigars, Rocky Patel. Yeah. I mean, he makes a lot of cigars, right? He makes a lot of like Way sub, too many cigars. sub like seven, eight, yeah. even five, six dollar cigars, maybe. Yeah. But then he also has some twenty dollar and you know some yeah. better it's premium cigars, premium as well. cigars yeah. with a better band, and and he markets them, and people do smoke them. Yeah, yeah. like the decade or whatever, or the yeah, ALR, ALR. The age ALR. limited and rare. Right. Yeah, that's like and a I'm, 15, so CEO could do the same cigar. thing. I'm looking at their list of cigars. I mean, it's just like their approach is just 
Volume. Hit you with volume. Almost like a New Jersey diner where you sit down well, and the menu. Uh, uh, nothing wrong with the New Jersey diner. No, oh, but what the no. menu is overwhelming in a it way. What, I'm sorry. On the New Jersey diner thing, that CAO <laughs> flathead cigar, I've never smoked one, but I've seen that band. I mean, it looks like an ad. It yes. looks like the logo for a diner. See, it, does. it looks shitty. I'm sorry. And Bendix this is diner on Route Three. Honestly, <laughs> this, it looks it looks like a gimmick, and you stay away from those cigars. Yeah, and it's a shame because we missed out on this one for so long. The one we're honestly, smoking their marketing is just terrible. Oh, if yeah. they could change that, I think there are a lot of people that would take the brand much more seriously. And I true. think as I'm it's looking true. through what they do here, they do have some other cigars that have the the Brazilian tobacco in it. They have all different kinds of tobacco in their cigars. Why not, you know, why not align your range with with the different types of tobacco and then create good, better, best, simplify, and give your customers a little bit more of a journey? Mm-hmm. You go to their website, it's just like, look at it, guys. It's just like it's I endless. Mean, it's a Chinese venue. It's it is. <laughs> it's like you go to the, the Chinese restaurant and there's 700 things and there's no direction as to where to go. Yeah. When you go to a fine restaurant, you know, there's a selection of a certain number of things and you have a clearer picture of where they're trying to drive you. And I don't think that a brand like this right now, which is a detriment to them because I think they could be killing it with the cigar. I agree. In the next tier of smoker, the Absolutely more experienced agree. smoker, they could be reaching for them and they're not. Yeah. They should probably kill half of their portfolio. I agree. Yes, true. And concentrate on like, just do like maybe a dozen different. Uh, yeah. And just focus on that and have different tiers. Yep. Up their prices a bit, yeah. maybe. Because the problem you have, too, is when you train someone, like me or any of us, that this is a $10 cigar, this is hard now to jump to 18 Because yeah. you've put it in that budget yard cigar type of, you, you know, even factory seconds are six or eight bucks. You're in that kind of range that... It's hard to push this to a Padron exclusivo yeah, price. You, you could That's tweak true. the blend a little bit more, change the band, and remarket, like you said, yeah. you know, and just reintroduce take time. that cigar. Yeah. It'll take time to do that, but I think it'll catch. It could, yeah. especially like you said, if they eliminate yeah. a significant piece of their portfolio, because I've never heard of most of these cigars. But man, I'm loving this cigar right now. Yeah, this it's consistent. So Rooster, I wanted to ask you, because we talked about it, Two weeks ago, with uh, Pagoda, on the uh, on the episode with the uh, Alma Fuerte, he went to uh, Montreal, right, and had a great experience in Canada. And you just came back from Toronto, which is obviously a different different experience in Canada. What was your well? What was your experience? Yeah, I went to Toronto for one of my uh, one of my best friends. I grew up with him through high school, so he actually you know, went to move to Canada with his family and then, and his son just got engaged and they had a beautiful, uh, ceremony and stuff at the, uh, winery area of, uh, Niagara by the lake, uh, overlooking Lake Ontario. We could, I mean, we did have cigars there, but in general, in Toronto, you cannot smoke a cigar anywhere. I'm not talking indoors. I'm talking even outdoors. The law in Ontario is you have to be 21 meters, um, it's a 20, yeah, about 30 feet away from any building. Even in the front of your house, sitting outside, a neighbor can complain that they're getting, they, that the aroma is offensive and they can call the authorities on you and you have to stop smoking. 
Uh, no outdoor parks. Uh, there's no cigar lounges. It has to be a private cigar lounge. This where is a living smoke. hell. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is horrible. Yeah. But That's yet, a living hell. But yet, there's a there's a wheat wheat store every single corner. Like you know how we have nail salons here, like in every block. It's like that. I mean, there's like they're selling cannabis <laughs> cannabis stores every every. And single they're block. smoking weed anywhere. No, it's the same so, thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you do smell it everywhere. So, so where smoking. are you expected the, to smoke? What's the point of buying a home there? If you can't fucking use your property how you please, and I'm, I'm going to buy a house so I have to sit 30 feet from the outside of my own home no, you can't. just to smoke. You That's have insane. to smoke in your home and contain that smoke because yeah. your neighbor could report you. Yeah. That's I, pretty much what you have insane. to do. It's insane. I mean, I was sitting wow. in an area. It was an outdoor park. And I saw a couple that were smoking a cigar. So I, you know, I sat about maybe 15 feet away from them and I lit a cigar. And there's this woman sitting behind me and the wind is not blowing in her direction. And she's at least 15 feet away from me. And I could hear her on the phone having a conversation with her friend complaining about my cigar smoke. That's not going in her direction. Look at this American going guy on and on a and on. And I was like, you know, I kind of felt bad. I'm like, I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, it, it affects your smoking experience. It affects that, right? So she's like, oh, this guy's sucking on a cigar and all the, <laughs> all the, all the smoke. This asshole who calls himself <laughs> Rooster. <laughs> Goddamn Americans. And I'm like, the smoke is not even blowing towards you. It's blowing the other direction. Yeah, but yeah, it was, it was insane. Wow. Crazy. That's crazy, man. Even, even at the venue, even at the engagement party, it was outdoors at the winery. Under a tent, at the end of the event, I brought a lot of cigars and I just, there was a table. I opened up boxes. I said, here Look you go, you. guys. Anybody want to have a cigar? Light up. And there were at least 15 or fifteen or 18 guys who grabbed a cigar and we all had a great time. Then this woman came over. She's like, can you guys move literally like the same thing about 20, 30 feet away from the tent? I'm like, this is outdoors. There's a tent. This is a private function. On a big piece of private yeah, property. That people right? have spent a lot of money for. The I winery, mean. it's 120 acres of land. <laughs> I'm like, what are we affecting your fucking grapes? Like, grapes are going to be infused with the Can fucking Can you go to the D4? woods, please? Smoke yeah. in the woods, will you? Jeez, that's crazy. I told you on the last episode, we discussed this. I have a friend who doesn't live in Montreal. I think he lives in the Toronto area, somewhere around there. He smokes in his garage. He actually works for a uh, a review website, and he you know, obviously smokes a lot of cigars for reviews, way more than even we do. I think they do five to seven a week uh, in review cigars. That's pretty much all he smokes. And he has a private contained office with you know filtration and smoke eaters. He's still worried about the smoke getting out and someone kind of catching the wind of it. And the authorities coming into his home and shutting it, him it down. It sounds like a communist it's country. Insane, it's crazy. What? A- On top of that, I got a hundred and fifty dollar fucking parking ticket. <laughs> who, who, who gives a hundred and fifty dollar parking ticket? Yeah, it's like. Oh, they, bucks, they were targeting bucks. you once you lit up a cigar on, on Canadian Jeez. soil. Yeah, did you saw that it? New Jersey plate. Did you make the rooster gesture? <laughs> no, I ripped the thing right up and put it in the fucking garbage. No. <laughs> There's a warrant out for his arrest yeah. in Toronto no, right now. No, you did not do that. Well, there's huh? two, for smoking <laughs> and for the ticket. You know what I did? I, I put a different pl- uh, plate on my car before I went there. My man. Nice. James Bond, 007. Yeah, baby. Flipping those license plates. <laughs> He has a little button in the, inside yeah, exactly. the Tesla. It just it rotates the once for a gun. Have you noticed I don't have a front license plate? I didn't see that. No. 
I got a question for you. How was uh, taking the Tesla to uh, Montreal um, from here? So what's yeah, that? Six hours? Not it, no. Hours? It's, it's it's about four hundred miles. Okay. So it should take you about seven seven and a half hours uh, if you go straight. So taking the Tesla. I'm glad we took the Tesla as opposed to the other EV because at least you have the superchargers. And when you map it out, it shows you would have to make three stops about 20 minutes each. But what they don't tell you is once your car reaches 70% charge, and I'm trying to like charge 100%, it really slows down. Uh-huh. From 70 to 100, it's going to take like an additional maybe 20, 25 minutes to get to the full potential. Wow. So that. That was an issue. So it, it took a little bit longer. But, uh, I mean, I would probably not do that. Probably take a regular, you know, gasoline uh, combustion mm-hmm. car there. Yeah, I wish you would have told me before you went. I mean, well, the as other, much as I love Tesla, they're just not built for long road trips. Well, you know, the other reason why we took the Tesla was because I looked at flights. So the flights were fairly reasonable. But to rent a car for a week, it was $1,500. Wow. <laughs> So I was what? like, come on. That's, that's crazy. crazy, man. Yeah. How do people deal with this in Canada? This is insane. Can't yeah. Everything in Canada is ridiculously priced. Alcohol is a fortune. It's like literally double what we pay for yeah, anything. Alcohol, it, it's, so it's not like regular stores. They have these stores that are called LC something, LCQ or something like that. I mm-hmm. mean, just like the ABC stores in Florida. And they're the ones who sell it. And you can't really get anything. You can't find anything there. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's odd. So did you go to any cigar shops? I know Pagoda talked there about There aren't any. <laughs> yeah. I went to the LCDH, which is in the area called Yorkville, which was there last time. So there's a sign LCDH, but it's closed. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I guess a combo of the prohibitive laws and the problems that Habanos has had stocking, you know, stocking the retailers. Well, I remember it's going like a de- to- It's like a death sentence. Yeah. I remember going to that LCDH, you know, a few years back when we went there. It was open and I went in. Beautiful spot, had a bar, a couple of employees. So I grabbed a cigar and I was going to light it up and sit down with my friend and have a cigar. And this this girl comes over. She goes, I'm sorry, what are you doing? I'm like, just bought a cigar. I'm going to light it up and sit down and my friend's going to order a drink. Oh, no, no, no. You can't smoke here. I'm like, (laughs) I can't smoke in a cigar store that has a lounge and a a bar. (laughs) She's like, no. I'm like, okay, so... I can smoke. You have benches right outside. Can I smoke there? You have an outdoor area all set up. She's like, no, no, no. You can't smoke there either. I'm like, I can't smoke outside your store. You're to buy them and just to look buy at them. them. And look <laughs> at the cigars. <laughs> just sip them. She goes, no, you have to be 30 feet away from the store. So I got to sit like on the street. <laughs> I should have brought like my own own uh, lawn chairs and put it right in the middle of. Yeah. Uh, you could have brought the Rover with the TV on it. And just yeah. <laughs> This is Set insane. it up in the middle of the street. I'm like, I'm like, why is this? She goes, oh, because the labor laws. I mean, uh, the employees can't really be around. I'm like, so why do you work here? Yeah, You're working work at an LCDH. You're working at a tobacco store. People are going to light up. She's like, well, you know, that's. that's I that, feel that for every cigar smoker in Toronto. After in this Canada story. in general. It's yeah, insane. It's, it's, I Montreal feel for you is apparently a little bit more. Uh, yeah, more the French area laws. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. It's, a, it's the Ontario region is like that. That's crazy. It is. I would never survive there. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know how people do it. And on top of that, the cigar prices? They're yeah, insane. they're so prohibitive. They're ridiculous. Are they similar to what you what, what Pagoda was saying? Yeah. In, in Toronto? Like 80 bucks I mean, for money too? My friend can't order cigars. 
He has tried to order from the U.S., but the customs and the yeah, duties, they, they once they cross the box, they pick them up, or he has to pay. I think I shipped him some cigars, and they got confiscated, or he had to like claim and, and uh, pay customs on it, which was a box of cigars that's like maybe two, $300. He had to pay an additional $200 on top of that. Wow. It's like 100%, 150% of wholesale. Yeah. I'm just surprised how effective they've been in enforcing this. That's that, true. Like, everybody follows it. I say this because, like I mentioned, you know, Singapore. Singapore has some of the strictest laws of any country, right? They have the death penalty if you possess even a tiny bit of marijuana, literally the death penalty. You litter, it's like a $1,000 fine in Singapore. You can't smoke indoors anywhere in Singapore. It's outlawed. But there is a place where they give you the whole spiel and they tell you, you can't smoke here. I remember going and buying cigars and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not going to stand in a hundred degree weather to smoke <laughs> this. I'm only going to buy it if I can smoke it here. The woman says, now that I've told you Singapore law, should you choose, you can follow me to this back room and the sign on <laughs> it says it. employees only. And Senator I'm works at, the magic. <laughs> should you choose? <laughs> should you choose? And I follow her. I'm like, this is going to be great, or I'm going to get jumped and like they're going to take all my money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's behind this door. This is very sketchy. This whole setup. It's like a very dark place too. And me and the guy that works with me, we go back there. Tons of guys sitting there drinking, smoking. Oh, and even in Singapore, where they have some of the most intense enforcement, they have ways around it. I can't believe in Toronto that nobody's found a way to just like get around these. I mean, maybe there are some private lounges that I just don't know about. I would imagine it'd have to be like the setup we have here at 1086, where it's a member lounge Mm -hmm. club. You know, you you can't just walk in off the street. You have to be a member of it. And it's got to be like, almost like an island in the middle of a lake or something that yeah, you take like a boat 400 to. 400 acres. Yeah, you take a yeah. boat to or something. Or an industrial area like this. Yeah. Right? Where it's away from residential. It could work. That could work. I mean, yeah. it just makes no sense to me how there are cigar retailers that are in Canada, but they ship to the U.S. Yeah. and not sell cigars in Canada. That's crazy. Because of the tax. Wow. Bellhop. Yeah. Oh, they don't ship within Canada? No. Wow. Isn't Cuban Lou's Canada Canadian as well? What's that? Isn't Cuban Lou? Isn't that a Canadian uh, company? No. No, they're out of Sweden, I believe. Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. Way off. But But you look at even FOH, uh, Rob Isla in Australia, I think most of his business is not Australian business because of Australian tax. Now, their laws of smoking aren't as crazy, but the taxes on, you know, consumable goods there, you know, I guess vice tax. Wow. On alcohols. You but know, their neighbor, tobacco. New Zealand, is like that. Yeah. It's the worst, some of the worst cigar laws. My advice to Canadians, I'm sorry, but whoever is the next president <laughs> of Canada, they need to vet if this person's a cigar smoker because someone's got to change yeah, you it. You need this to get just, a lizard in up there. Like, Absolutely. I get if I don't agree with someone and they want to be restrictive about some of this stuff, but there needs to be some outlet for people to be able to do this in a way that doesn't disturb anyone. And the fact that you can't even do it in your own home, I, I, that's just wild to me. Yeah, it's insane. That your neighbor can call the cops on you for smoking a cigar in your own home. Oh, I'd be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I would be in jail. Rooster might be the next time he goes there. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> on several counts. He may never go again. <laughs> you know, I, we had an Airbnb. I did light up outside. Fuck yeah, you did. My yeah. man. This is oh, why yeah. we have anonymity on the podcast. People wonder why we have the nicknames. This is why. <laughs> These are some of the reasons. So, boys, we're coming to the end of our evening here. Uh, we had two non-alcoholic pairings, the Peroni 0.0 and the Stella Artois. Yep. 
Liberté, 0, 0.0, and the CAO BX3. What are you guys thinking before we uh, give all three of these things a rating? Overall, a good experience. Yeah. I, th- I think it was a positive, yeah. really, really good night all around. Sure. Look at Bam. His fingers are about to burn. Mine Man, are too. Look at mine. Man. Yeah, you know. I'm taking it all the way down. You mentioned the Padron 2000 series in a similar you know, price point. That was very highly rated in this group. I'm curious where we stand with this guy. Yeah, and I think. Both performed great. Both were delicious. Very affordable. And I think that the journey that this took us on from the light to now, it hasn't picked up in a really kind of oomph way. It's been very consistent. Very consistent. It stepped up a little bit in the second third and now in the last third. But it's not gotten hot, even though I'm down on my fingers. It's not blasting me with nicotine. It's true. Like, I'm very, very surprised. Agreed. Usually by the end, like I have like maybe an inch left, cigars get harsh. Yeah. You know, and this is even some of the best cigars get harsh. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Even good cigars do. Even some of the best cigars get harsh down at this point. No heat. Yeah, this has been great. All right, boys, you ready to do the formal non-liquor rating? Sure. On our drink pairings tonight? What are we starting with? We'll start with the Peroni 0.0. Bam, you're up. I'm giving that a six. Six. Senator? Five. Five? I'm going to give it a six as well. Rooster? On the uh, Peroni? Yeah. yeah, five. Okay. So the formal non-liquor rating on that one is a 5.5, 5, <laughs> which I think is appropriate. Sure. Yeah, I just think for for me, you know, the whole point of coming up with a non-alcoholic version of an existing alcoholic beer yeah. is to try to come as close as you possibly can to the alcoholic version. And a lot of them have. They have, right? Like Guinness yeah. Zero, almost unrecognized, almost indistinguishable, that and the actual real thing. Some of the uh, athletic brewing IPAs they have drink like real beers with alcohol. Mm-hmm. This initially... I would never even guessed it was a Peroni. As it came down and kind of warmed up in temperature, you start to be able to tell it was a Peroni, but it's just so much lighter yeah. than an actual Peroni. It, it was very unsatisfying. That's true. I agree. Are you guys ready to do the Stella Artois? Liberté 0.0? Bam, you're up. It's a little bit better. I'll give it a seven. Okay. Senator? I'm also at a seven. I am as well. Rooster? Uh, Stella, yeah, between a six and a seven. We'll go with a seven. Okay. So a flat 7.0 then for the Stella non-alcoholic. So let's look at, uh, some of the others that we've done on the podcast. We did, uh, we did several. We did the Bex non-alcoholic, which is a 7.2 back on episode 57. We did the Athletic Brewing Run Wild IPA, which I know is one that we all reach for, mm-hmm. uh, quite regularly, especially with cigars. Episode 69. Funny enough, it was on the warped Maestro del Tiempo episode. We did that one, right. that and that got that something. got a 9.0. Oh, my goodness. Yep. It's great. Um, it is a good beer. We also did Guinness. The Guinness Draft oh, Non-Alcoholic. That was delicious. On episode 57, alongside the Beck's Non-Alcoholic, uh, with the Drew Estate Undercrown Maduro. We gave the Guinness Draft NA an 8.4 and the Beck's NA a 7.2. So the Peroni at a 5.5 and a Stella at a 7.0 kind of align, I think, with the others that we've done on the podcast so far. Yeah. It kind of makes yeah, a I lot mean, of sense. I think yep. the Peroni's not a recommend and the Stella is a recommend. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the Beck's kind of edges the Stella. Yeah, just a little and bit. And that kind of makes yeah. sense, that rating. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised the Guinness were rated so low. 
8.4, yeah. And it's not a surprise to me that The Athletic did so well. That That is just an excellent... I mean, that beer is better than some IPAs with alcohol. Yeah. I totally agree. In the summer, that is a great drink. Yeah. All day, every day. It's excellent. Yeah. I love I love having a cigar yeah. with it. I mean, I know you guys don't like the Sam Adams that much. I kind of like it. I, I haven't had I it. I enjoy that. I'd like to try it. Yeah. I get a weird aftertaste mm-hmm. that really ruins this. It's got a little cigar sweeter, like kind of like a wheat beer kind of thing. It's, it's a hazy. Yeah. It looks great in the glass. Yeah. Just don't, I don't know, I, the I, taste. I don't mind it. But. All right, boys. It's time to do the formal lizard rating on the CAO BX3 and Robusto. Interested to see how this lands. Rooster, you're up. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I have not smoked a lot of CAO cigars in general. But this cigar, just right away when we lit the cigar, I was very happy with it. The aroma coming out was robust, full, very flavorful. And till the end, it was just a, it was a great journey. It didn't really change that much, but it delivered. And oh, yeah. especially when you keep the price point in mind, I think it's, it's a great cigar. Yeah. I'm going to give it a nine. My wow. Man. Senator. This is tough. I'm, I'm between an eight and a nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been going back and forth on. And the, the thing is, if this, there are many smokers that I, I know and, and imagine this is easily a nine for. It's anyone who loves a really, really robust, flavorful cigar that's delivered smoothly um, has kind of deep cocoa coffee notes. It checks all those boxes. The only thing for me, I've said this before. I, I I smoke in volume. You know, I smoke a number of cigars in a sitting. I'm not I'm not rooster like one or two in a sitting and I'm done. I want like four or five in a sitting and then I'm good. It's an and indictment. So, no, no, it, it's each <laughs> your own. I don't say that with, with in any judgment. I'm just saying for me, I, it's, Rooster's I'm eyebrows scowled more. a bit. He knows that. He takes two hours to get through a little petite Corona. Not today. Oh, that's true. That's because you were two non-alcoholic beers deep, and we deep. know what happens oh. when you have those. He gets wild. <laughs> but because of that, this cigar is not something that I would slot in my rotation when I'm smoking in my usual volume of like a four or five cigar night. The utility of this cigar for me is if I'm going to have one or two sticks, this would definitely, this could slot in those moments. So for me, a nine or a 10 or cigars that would slot very much into my regular rotation, I could see having often, I can't for the reasons I just described. So I'm going to give it an eight. But that doesn't mean I. There are many smokers that this is deserving of a nine four. But for my palate and kind of how I prefer to smoke, it, it's going to get an eight. So if you were only smoking like two in a sitting, and this was one of them, I'd be very satisfied. Like yeah. a Cuban, and then this. Oh, right? Yeah, I'd be I'd be very happy with that. But that's what I'm saying. Like for my palate, the problem is the number of times I do that is not that often. So I won't pick this up as as much because I'm not going to have this. If I'm going to have four. But or five I'm, I must mm-hmm. say that. On a strength scale, it's not that strong. It's it's it yeah. is medium. Initially, me. it started off. It's not a, a Padron ninety. Yeah, like that yeah. would be a one and done. It leveled out. This after I can the, still do uh, yeah. a couple of cigars. True. You know, I agree. But That's my true. benchmark always, especially for New World cigars, is a Padron Exclusivo in the sixty four line, and I could smoke many of those and feel wonderful. I there's no problem in a in a sitting in an evening. 
I couldn't smoke. I would not smoke two of these even in the same sitting where I would do that with an exclusivo and have no problem. I've done that. So that's why for my palate, this has just a little too much strength for my regular rotation, but it slots in really nicely when I'm just going to have one or yeah, two smokes. I was, I was probably at an eight, but keeping the price point that under 10 bucks makes brought sense. it up to nine. For makes sure. sense. Yeah. 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 So I, I've also been struggling between an eight and nine. I think I'm leaning, like I'm having difficulty. Like I wish I could give it a decimal. I know we can't, um, but it is something I think that if I was handed this or I walked in a humidor and I saw this cigar, I'd be very happy if I was just smoking one. I just came back from Florida. This is, I, you know, I wasn't smoking a lot of cigars when I was there. If I was running in a humidor and, and I saw this, I would absolutely grab it as a one and done. To Senator's point, the frequency of that is probably twice a year maybe three times a year disappearing at all. I don't think this is a cigar that will find its way into my rotation. I do think it might work if you're outside and you don't care and you just want to have a cigar and maybe it's a little windy, but it's not something that I'm going to run and buy. I think there's a lot of listeners who would love it, like big time love this cigar. Um, and I thought it was very good, but I think for those reasons, I'm going to also be at an eight. Okay. Bam. I'm at an eight. An eight is an elite score. Make I agree. no mistake, right? That's a great score. Yeah. What I found unique is the again the 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 floral and coffee notes that came together beautifully. Very unique. I've never had that experience in a cigar, but I was impressed by the smoothness and the consistency of the cigar. It was really something nice for the price points. Excellent. Yeah. I, I I mean I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think if this cigar had a Davidoff band on it. All well, of you would be giving it a nine. Yeah, so I'll give I the band. I think it's the CAO. So let's like, rate the, the band. Do we rate the band? Because <laughs> no? the band, well, I'm giving it a three. Here's, here's I the just, thing. Hold on. Can I just clarify? Because yeah. Rooster's suggesting that the, the, the brand is why we're rating it that. I want to be clear. <laughs> what would get this a nine for me is very simple. If this were just turned down in strength a little bit, closer to and for me, again, right. for my right. palate. I'm not surprised Rooster's a nine. Obviously, you love a 90th. I don't love the 90th. It's too much for me. Again, because I smoke four or five sticks, I'm not going to slot a 90th. One or two makes perfect sense. So for me, if this was just toned down in strength a bit, this would get a nine because I would then smoke this more regularly. But at its current strength and how much I, how many cigars I smoke, that's just what precludes it from getting a nine. But I'm not <laughs> surprised that you would give it a nine because if you're smoking one or two sticks in a sitting... This is a great cigar. It's yeah. perfect. This yeah. is that right was, in his wheelhouse. Right. And yeah. if that was how I smoked, if I just had one or two usually in a sitting, this would easily get a nine for me. But because I don't, I need the cigar just a bit toned down in strength for it to crack my regular daily rotation. So for, the other thing I want to say too, because we talked about the Padron 2000 as a, a, a cigar that performs well in that same kind of budget range, maybe similar in strength with that Nicaraguan tobacco with a little less age on yeah, it than we absolutely. get That's right. with the 6426. It's kind of right in line with that for me. It is. With that Padron line. And that's a line that I haven't smoked since we recorded that episode. What I haven't did, had one of them. What was the rating on that guy? So that cigar, so it's the formal uh, lizard rating on this cigar, the CAO BX3 tonight in Robusto is an 8.3. Impressive. Great. That's, that's impressive. A great that's, that's a, yeah. that's a that's total a recommend. Score. Guys, I'll be honest. Do we talk about the brand? I thought we were walking in here tonight, oh. maybe in the fives. Yeah, like I, I was seriously I think we all in that, that zone. Because of the brand. Yes, yeah. but yeah. the fact that we got an 8.3, right. an 8.3 is really something. So the Padron 2000, actually, boys. I'm guessing. 7.5. What? Yeah, so Rooster gave that a 7, Puba a 7, uh, Senator and I and Bam gave that 8. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Wow. I think that's appropriate. I haven't picked that cigar up. We did that on episode 25, which, by the way, is almost 70 episodes ago. Amazing. Uh, I haven't touched that cigar since. I haven't thought about it once. Yeah, and that's just it. For us in our rotation, these cigars don't usually make it in our weekly, monthly, or even annual smoking um, effort or time. Yeah. But this cigar and that cigar, there's a lot of utility in it. There are a lot of people that would love that. And it, it we love those cigars. Yeah. We just don't go for them. Yeah. For somebody who's starting out and wants a fuller this is a great experience, oh. I think this is great. This is perfect. And, and even yeah. if they're not starting out. Yeah. And you know what I mean, I'd Again, love to, I just said, yeah. if this were just toned down in strength a little bit, I'd smoke this regularly. <laughs> and if I were like Rooster, a one or two in a sitting usually, this would easily get a nine for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'd love to see, too, is I'd love to see CAO take this line and evolve it, you know, put out some other Vitolas, put out some more aged or limited type Mm -hmm. of uh, blends of this tobacco and and kind of in this same mindset in a Corona. I can't imagine. Now, that's a cigar that might slot for me. We talked about this. I I don't reach for Robustos. I just don't reach for them, Mm. except in the Padron Exclusivo. That's really the one I reach for the most. You guys know this. This is not going to slot over an Exclusivo for me ever, even at $5 more for the Exclusivo. It's just not going to touch that. So if a Corona came out or something, uh, an interesting size, I'd love to see that because I would give this another shot. Sure. Absolutely in a different size. You know, in our rating, you know, it's a it's a great recommend. 8.3 very strong is brilliant. Yeah. Very yeah, strong recommend. For an under $10 cigar, an 8.3 is really a good. A ton yeah. of merit for and this I, cigar. I'm just personally happy we did this because I, I always say this about some of these new worlds that we're not as familiar with. I love that now if I'm in a cigar shop and I have to buy from them, I can't smoke what I bring in. If I saw this, I know I'm going to be very pleased. Mm-hmm. I, I would never have picked up a CAO cigar Without trying this. Yeah. Our repertoire is expanding. The other thing that, uh, you know, going back to our earlier discussion of the bands and Opus X, we have to go back and look at the rating for the Opus X Perfection 888. That, that was we abysmal. Did. That we was did that six. on episode 31. It was a 6.6. Do you know how much that cigar costs? 40 bucks. $37. Yeah. At the time. I'm sure it's more now. I'm sure it is. You know, and this this one was recommended by a listener. Yeah, yeah. Right? which yes. is very cool. So very this is cool. this is really cool, and this is great, and we definitely encourage that. Yeah, for the listeners to you know, because it's hard for us to just go out and just pick random cigars, mm-hmm. which so we don't want to do. Don't want to no. do. So we you would we, we love this. Yeah. So yeah. please, listeners, when you email us with those recommendations, we're we're going out and getting them because. You know, we're coming up on episode 100. We have a lot of cigars to smoke, so if <laughs> you mean, can help only, point us in the right direction, that'd be great. There's only so many Cuban cigars, and we have done a lot of them. So yeah. Yeah. the new world, I mean, it's there's a lot out there yeah. that we don't know about. So a great pairing tonight, boys. The Peroni 0.0 got a 5.5. The Stella Artois 0.0 Liberté got a 7.0 flat. And this excellent surprise of a cao cigar the bx3 and robusto got an 8.3 i mean that that's shocking to me i can't get over it and the barbie movie got a yeah nine. that was a nine right <laughs> seven well that was seven. in the in the in the senator household it was a composite <laughs> eight composite <laughs> uh, mrs senator's score she gave it a nine. Oh yeah <laughs> right well, it's a composite in the house composite would be an eight, an eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. margot robbie though 10 oh absolutely oh, of course. A 10. All right, boys. Great seeing you. Great night tonight. We'll see everybody next week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. 
That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.